When I was a teenager in Kentucky, there was a hiking spot about 30, 40 minutes out of town named Indian Falls. When it would rain, it would be an awesome series of waterfalls going about 150 yards in length, dropping about 150 yards in length, dropping about 200 or so feet along the way. We would park along the road that led to the trail, where there was a very long drop of around 300 feet or so. The trail led down to the waterfall, where most of the time it was very dry and polluted with large junk, like a refrigerator and an old car that has been swept down with heavy rain. It was also a hangout spot that kids would leave beer cans and spray their initials on the hollowed-out recesses along the cliff walls, though it was never occupied any time I visited. At the very bottom was a pasture. One of my friends and I hiked down to the bottom one day because he thought he might find some random growing marijuana. I knew if we found anything growing, we'd best stay the F away from it, because growers can stake rattlesnakes close to patches or set up shotgun traps. We eventually headed in the direction of the road and found that it connected at the bottom, so we didn't have to climb up the waterfall to get back to the path. As we were walking on the road back to the car, and it came into view, I could see something on it that I couldn't make out. When we got closer, I could see a cloud of flies hovering over a dark shape. Finally, when I was fifty feet from the car, I could tell what it was. Someone had left the head of a deer on the hood of my car blood and tendons and everything, like it was in their truck, and they stopped to decapitate it and leave it on my trunk. I took it as a message to stay the hell away, and I've never been back. In the heart of this vast and secluded national park lies an ancient forest brimming with untold mysteries. As a park ranger named Sarah, I am well acquainted with these dense woods and the secrets they hold. Over the years, I've heard countless tales of strange sightings and unexplained phenomena, but I've always remained skeptical, dismissing them as mere folklore. However, one fateful night during my routine patrol, I stumbled upon a series of inexplicable events that shattered my skepticism and thrust me into a chilling world of the unknown. As I navigated through the darkened woods, the air grew heavy with an eerie presence and an unsettling feeling washed over me. I knew I was not alone. Through the dense foliage, I caught a glimpse of an enormous shadowy figure moving in the distance. The massive creature possessed an otherworldly aura towering above the trees with a hulking primal presence. Fear gripped my heart, but curiosity compelled me forward to investigate this inexplicable sight. Drawing closer, my heart pounded in my chest and the forest seemed to hold its breath. In a heart-stopping moment, I came face to face with an ancient legend. A Bigfoot, a creature I had always believed to be nothing more than a myth. Frozen in terror, I locked eyes with the enigmatic beast. Its eyes were deep pools of darkness, seemingly holding untold secrets from centuries past. In that instant, a chilling understanding washed over me. This creature was no mere legend. It was a living, breathing entity with an intelligence far beyond human comprehension. My mind raced with disbelief, but the Bigfoot made a swift, agile move, disappearing into the dense undergrowth in the blink of an eye. The forest seemed to come alive with eerie sounds, and a haunting feeling washed over me. The woods seemed to be whispering warnings, urging me to stay away. Determined to unravel the truth behind this ancient legend, I delved deeper into the forest, 
following the elusive trail of the Bigfoot. But the creature always stayed one step ahead, vanishing into the shadows whenever I got close. With each encounter, my fear gave way to a strange sense of connection. The Bigfoot seemed almost curious about me, as if it recognized my presence in its domain. The encounters grew more frequent and I began to piece together a haunting truth. The Bigfoot was not just a creature of the forest. It was a guardian of the wilderness, a protector of ancient secrets. As I continued my pursuit, I found myself drawn into a chilling web of deception and danger. Unexplained disappearances and eerie occurrences plagued the park, leading me to realize that the Bigfoot was not the only enigma hidden within the forest. In a race against time, I confronted my deepest fears and the malevolent forces that lurked in the shadows of the wilderness. I became entangled in a deadly game of cat and mouse, where the stakes were higher than I had ever imagined. The lines between reality and folklore blurred, and my sanity hung in the balance as I uncovered the chilling truth behind the ancient forest's mysteries. I relied on my instincts and survival skills to navigate the treacherous terrain and escape the clutches of an entity far beyond human understanding. In a heart-pounding climax, I faced the Bigfoot once more, and this time the encounter led to a revelation that changed everything. Standing face to face with the enigmatic creature, I discovered a bond that transcended the boundaries of myth and reality. In the end, I was left with a choice, to expose the existence of the Bigfoot to the world or to protect its secrets and preserve the wilderness's enigmatic allure. As I made my decision, I couldn't help but wonder if the legend of the Bigfoot was meant to remain hidden, forever lurking in the shadows of the ancient forest. When I served in the Navy, my role was in aviation. While deployed, I had the opportunity to be on the flight deck during the day. The Navy is renowned for its utmost vigilance in protecting the airspace above aircraft carriers. Any approaching aircraft is met with swift action, with alert jets launching to ensure the safety and security of the carrier. One morning, something caught my attention as I looked up. Along with my fellow sailors, I witnessed an aircraft in the distance. It had a distinct red star on its vertical stabilizer and was calmly cruising directly above our flight deck. It was an unusual sight because we were often reminded of how the Russians are always testing our airspace and the need for us to respond promptly to any such incursions. However, this particular aircraft seemed to be peacefully soaring a few thousand feet above our flight deck, defying the expected reaction. The incident left us intrigued and sparked discussions among the crew. It was a reminder of the complex dynamics and constant surveillance that define naval operations. Even when unexpected occurrences challenge our preconceived notions. I live at the base of Pikes Peak in Colorado Springs, surrounded by the majestic mountains. During the spring and summer, I spend a lot of my time exploring these rugged terrains. However, the scariest experience I've ever had in those mountains occurred during a severe lightning storm that put me and my two buddies in grave danger. It all started when five of us embarked on a mountain adventure, driving in a Jeep Wrangler and a Hummer. We received a phone call from someone who said they would meet us at our destination. Perfect, we thought. 
They provided us with directions to the camping spot and an alternate meetup location in case they couldn't find it, a simple spot easily accessible off the main road before the dense forest. This way, one of us could guide the third car back once in time had passed, accounting for the loss of cell service in the area. Everything seemed well planned until the storm hit. If you've never experienced hail season on the front range of Colorado, you can't truly comprehend how swiftly a devastating storm can brew and dissipate. Out of nowhere, a gentle drizzle transformed into a torrential downpour accompanied by hail the size of marbles. In the blink of an eye, our biggest predicament became apparent. The jeep already packed with camping gear, a valuable telescope, and various supplies only had two seats. There was no space for three people, no matter how we rearranged our belongings. Unspoken but understood, we refused to leave anyone outside in the hail, and the thought of leaving just one person behind was out of the question. We were in this together. As the rain pelted us and the hail grew more intense, the real danger revealed itself. The electricity in the air crackled ominously. Nestled within a canyon, the thunder reverberated, echoing off the rocky walls, making it seem as if Zeus himself had discovered my transgressions against Calliope and was unleashing his wrath. The deafening noise sent chills down our spines. Desperate for shelter, we rummaged through the jeep and found a blue tarp. With some quick thinking and resourcefulness, we managed to tie it between a few trees, creating a makeshift refuge from the rain. But it was one lightning bolt in particular that forever altered my perception of the Rockies' power. Approximately fifty feet from our huddled shelter, a fence marked the boundaries of a vast ranch. Though we couldn't see the ranch itself, the fence stood prominently, accompanied by a large pillar adorned with a sign warning trespasses of potential consequences, including being shot. And then it happened. While we anxiously waited for the storm to subside, amid countless flashes of lightning and thunderous booms, a colossal bolt of electricity arched around the mountain we were nestled against. It struck the post with a force that seemed to hold it captive for a seemingly eternal two or three seconds. The bolt was enormous, and our horror knew no bounds as it occurred less than 100 feet away. The most disturbing part was what followed. For a fleeting ten seconds after the bolt dissipated, that trespassing sign glowed a molten red and emitted a deafening vibration that cut through the rest of the storm. Our friends in the Hummer returned about 45 minutes later, finding us in a clear sky with temperatures soaring back to a balmy 75 degrees. The storm had vanished as if it were never there, leaving us shaken by the power we had witnessed. As a police dispatcher, I had grown accustomed to the occasional strange or unexpected call. But this was unlike anything I had experienced before. It was late and the station was quiet, with only a few of us working the night shift. The closed radio channel was rarely used, reserved for sensitive communications or emergencies. So when the sound of static broke through the silence, my curiosity was piqued. At first the static was overpowering, drowning out any discernible words. My co-worker and I exchanged puzzled glances, wondering what could be causing such interference. But then, amidst the crackling noise, we both heard it. The faint, 
desperate voice calling for help. Help me, the voice pleaded, barely audible over the tumultuous static. It sent shivers down my spine, a chilling plea that seemed to echo through the room. We strained our ears trying to make sense of the muffled words, but the interference made it nearly impossible. The minutes turned into hours as we listened attentively, hoping to catch more than those two haunting words. Each time the voice came through it seemed to grow slightly clearer, as if fighting against the barrier of static. We were determined to uncover the source of this distress call to assist whoever was in need. As the night wore on, my co-worker and I became more frustrated. We knew that every transmission sent over the radio was recorded, logged with the officer's radio identification. It was standard protocol, ensuring accountability and maintaining a record of all communication. Yet, when we searched for the recordings and logs, there was nothing to be found. It was perplexing. There should have been evidence of those transmissions, a digital trail to follow. But it was as if the recordings had vanished into thin air, erased from existence. We were thorough in our search, combing through the system. But it was as if the mysterious voice had never spoken at all. We shared our findings with the senior staff, hoping they could shed some light on the situation. To our surprise, they were aware of similar incidents that had occurred sporadically in the past. It seemed that this eerie voice had haunted a few dispatchers over the years, always managing to elude being captured on record. It was a phenomenon that defied explanation. I'm currently working as a park ranger, but before this I had a job at a different park that I doubt I'll ever set foot in again after what I experienced there last year. During the day, the park was bustling with visitors, and I would conduct numerous walkthroughs and tours. However, my favorite part of the job was when everybody left at night, and I had the entire park to myself. Being surrounded by nature made me the happiest, so this job was a perfect fit for me. One day, an older lady came into the park and asked for a tour. She stood out as the kindest person I had ever met, and she seemed to genuinely enjoy my company. For some reason, she prolonged the tour, calling me a child throughout, but in a way that seemed endearing to me. We connected on a deep level and shared a passion for nature. Spending the whole day with her felt wonderful, and there was something warm about her presence that I couldn't quite explain. As darkness fell, the lady began to grow melancholic, and I asked her about it. She confided in me that she felt saddened by our time together coming to an end. I reassured her that she could come back to the park any time she wanted and talk to me. She expressed her gratitude and said she hoped for another chance to visit but in her voice and eyes I sensed a belief that she would never see me again after that night. It was a somber moment, and I wondered if she was ill or facing some other life-threatening situation, but I refrained from prying as it would have been impolite. She mentioned wanting to show me something, and led me to a secluded area of the park where a beautiful fountain stood. She explained that the fountain, made of marble, was a cherished creation of her grandfather. To her... It was the most magnificent fountain ever built. As a child, she would often come to its edge and gaze at the water, imagining what her future would hold. However, she never anticipated it would turn out the way it did. Despite her inner calm and peace, the sadness lingered in her eyes. 
in a tender moment. She cupped my face in her hand and expressed how proud she was of me, how everything had unfolded just as she had hoped. Her words confused me, but I hesitated to ask for clarification. She then said it was time to say goodbye and walked behind the fountain. Curiosity got the better of me, and I followed her, only to find that she had vanished into thin air. It was bewildering because there was no trace of the old lady anywhere. I approached the reception and asked if they had seen an older lady matching her description, but they denied the presence of any such visitor that day. The whole situation felt incredibly eerie, but I pushed it aside and carried on with my day. Fast forward two months later, I was flipping through my mother's photo album and stumbled upon a picture of the old lady. I was taken aback and immediately inquired about her identity. What my mother told me shook my reality and memory to the core. She revealed that the woman in the photo was my great-grandmother. The revelation left me questioning everything, even to this day. I still believe that something inexplicable occurred during that encounter. The following day, I quit my job. If I ever come across that fountain again, I fear what the truth behind the old lady's words might be, and I'm too afraid to find out if what she told me was indeed true. I encountered an unknown intelligent humanoid. I pulled into my driveway in Fernandina Beach, Florida around 9 p.m. on the evening of September 6, 2022. It was very dark out with no cars or streetlights nearby. I stopped my car and turned it off. I then opened my door and stood up to exit the vehicle. As I stood up, I saw something difficult to describe. With the car door still open, I saw what looked like some kind of cloaked creature walking around the corner of the house from the backyard. It was hard to see. It looked like the shadow of a human-sized creature. It was totally black and moved like a person walking upright. It blocked out what was behind it and I could really only see the distortion it caused. The distortion had wavy edges as if it was surrounded by energy. I could make out its head and shoulders, but only in vague form. The humanoid took several steps, and at that instant I thought to myself, What is that? Stopped dead in its tracks, and appeared to look right at me. At this time I was scared to death that this creature had noticed me and was looking right at me. After a few seconds of looking at each other, the creature turned and walked back around behind the house, and I never saw it again. The entire encounter lasted about twenty seconds. I thought for months it was a ghost or demon, as my grandmother often told stories of seeing ghosts. Only recently have I begun to think it was an intelligent creature with a technology that was inexplicable. After the encounter, I got back into my car and drove to my roommate's work and waited for him to get off work and come home with me. This was the most terrifying experience I've ever had. This is the second unknown encounter I've had. For years, I believed that encounters like these were just reported by crazy people. I now believe that we are clearly not alone and not the smartest or most technologically advanced creatures on this planet and beyond. I have seen where you write and report about various humanoids and other unexplained beings. What are your thoughts? I reported this encounter to MUFON, but I was ignored. Thanks for your time. My buddy and I were on our way to Peoria, 
which is about an hour and a half away. No one is around. It's one of those real clear nights, warm summer night. Happened in June. Anyway, we're going along. Nobody around us. Around 11.45 at night, if I remember right. We're driving. Going about 55 miles per hour. We're in the right-hand lane. In the left-hand lane appears out of its own mist a green figure about seven feet tall. You know what it had on. A cape with no face. Can't tell if it's fat or skinny. And it's standing still in the left-hand lane and it doesn't budge. With its arms draped out side to side, it was the Grim Reaper. It was the only thing I could think of. I used to laugh at people who would tell me about the Grim Reaper. Right when I was thinking, that was the Grim Reaper and kept it to myself, my buddy says. What was that? And I thought Grim Reaper in my mind, and he said it out loud. And I looked at him with a straight face, and I said, yea, it was. That was the summertime in June, and I'll never forget it like it happened yesterday. That thing was at least seven feet tall. Never saw it again. Never want to see it again. But it was as real as you and I talking right now. On watch one night, me and my buddy were joking around. We were given strict orders not to go beyond the ECP for any reason. Seems fair. Well, about 20 minutes into the watch, we both start shivering, despite it being a warm and humid night. Maybe another 15 minutes and we hear a blood-curdling scream from the woods about 10 yards from the post. I'm talking it sounded like a woman was being stabbed over and over again. It was at least 10 seconds of straight screaming. When morning came around, we asked and we were told no one was out and no one was supposed to be in the area except for our guys. 